The Holy Gospel according to John, the 16th chapter. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, you will be guided into all the truth, for the Spirit will not speak out in the Spirit's own authority, but will speak whatever the Spirit hears and will declare to you the things that are to come. The Spirit will glorify me, taking what is mine and declaring it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that the Spirit will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Beloved of God, grace to you in peace from God our Creator and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As some of you know, my husband and I took a three-week trip to Europe in May. It had been almost 20 years since I had traveled internationally, and it was Ray's first trip overseas. Needless to say, we were excited. And like all overly excited travelers, we took hundreds of pictures. Very few moments went undocumented. I've noticed, however, as I've looked at these pictures now at home, that as wonderful as they are, they are not able to capture the most memorable moments of our trip. Like when we stood in front of the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, and saw the door on which legend tells us Martin Luther pounded his 95 theses. I found myself really moved thinking about how that little act of free speech unleashed such a torrent of change, not only in the church, but in the world. We were standing on a spot that had a starring role in the reordering of the Western world. Our pictures don't capture that. In our pictures, it looks kind of like a door. (laughs) And the picture I took of that first croissant I ate at a sidewalk cafe in Paris It doesn't do justice to those delicate, buttery layers of deliciousness that melted in my mouth and gave me a sense of well-being and world peace. (laughs) Photos do serve a purpose. They document important experiences and can be an art form in and of themselves, but they rarely capture those transcendent moments of our lives. They point to them, but they cannot hold them. The same is true of our language for God. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday, a day where we celebrate the fullness of the triune God. Throughout the ages, people have done their best to wrap words around the reality of God. Some of this language is beautiful and helpful to people of faith, but none of it fully captures who God is. Scripture is replete with images of God. Shepherd, Lord, great physician, mother hen, mother bear, fortress, lion, eagle, potter, lamb, bread, wisdom, light, wind, the list goes on. A rich vocabulary is needed because no word or words can contain the fullness of God. And no one scripture text, including those we heard today, can hold the mystery that is the Trinity. 
We catch glimpses in this reading from Proverbs. We hear about wisdom as God's companion at creation. We hear language that points to God working cooperatively within God's self to love and care for creation. In our gospel reading, we hear Jesus speak again of his intimacy with the Father and the role of the Spirit within that relationship. These are glimpses, snapshots that point us to the fullness of God, a fullness that is just beyond our comprehension. In his book, The Divine Dance, Franciscan Father Richard Rohr writes, When we describe God, we can only use similes, analogies, and metaphors. All theological language is an approximation offered tentatively in holy awe. That's the best human language can achieve. We can say it's like or it's similar to, but we can never say with absolute certainty it is because we are in the realm of beyond, of transcendence, of mystery. And we must maintain a fundamental humility before God, the great mystery. I think of Rohr's insight when I consider the variety of Trinitarian language I have come to appreciate. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. Mother, Lover, Friend. The Rock who gave us birth, the Fountain of Living Water, our Light and our Salvation. Each of these helps me imagine what God is like and who God is for us. And using all of them helps me remember that none of them contain God. God is always so much more beyond my imagination, beyond the limits of my language. I think this is what writer Barbara Brown Taylor was attempting to describe in a passage that I've shared with you before. It's one I appreciate. She compares the Trinity to lying on your back in the grass on a clear summer night and looking at the night sky. This description speaks to me because on those rare occasions that I can see the night sky clearly and expansively, it fills me with awe. It is so vast and mysterious. I will never comprehend what's going on up there. But I don't need to comprehend it in order to receive it as a gift. The same can be said of God. I know something about the triune God, not because I comprehend God or can explain God in the language of fact and certitude. I know something about God because I have experienced God and I have received God's gifts. Each time I cross the Narrows Bridge on a sunny day and the sun is dancing on the water and the mountains look like they've been painted into the sky, I am in awe of God's creative power. This past Wednesday, when little Colby Ochoa, who's being baptized at 945, when he was here in the office and he let us hold him and we could look at his tiny little fingers and his little brown eyes were staring at our faces with such curiosity, I caught a glimpse of the intricate mind and the tender heart of our Creator God. Each time I come to the table and I hear the words given and shed for you, I receive the gift of Christ. 
I experience his healing power whenever suffering in my life works its way toward hope, like Paul describes in our reading from Romans. Each time my brokenness and my failure is met with mercy and grace, I know the redemptive power of God. And I feel the Spirit's presence whenever we gather for worship. When I hear your voices singing and when we join together in prayer, when I see your hands outstretched to receive the sacrament, I am once again caught up in the Spirit's movement among us. When I hear your stories of faith, how God has walked with you in all seasons of your life, I am inspired and I sense the Spirit's presence. I know something about the Holy Trinity because I have experienced the wraparound love and grace of God in all of these ways. These are some of my snapshots of faith. You have your own. And together they point to a God whose divine presence and power transcends all our words. And yet, we speak. As long as God is still speaking, we seek to speak of God. We speak in story and song, in ancient liturgy and contemporary music. We use words old and new, personal and corporate. We plumb the depths of our language in order to give thanks and praise to this one whose creative, redeeming, sanctifying love holds us and the whole world, now and forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.